Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Mr. McHale's Manner of Mischief, Magic, and Mystery. I am your host, Andrew McHale, and welcome back to the 6M Podcast. It is February 16th, 2020, and we are on episode 9, folks. Episode 9. Well, 10 if you count the zero, which some occultists uh, may urge you to always count the zero if you are curious as to why use google otherwise i could do a podcast about it (laughs) um yeah how you guys been you guys doing okay speak to me from the phone please or whatever speaker you're listening to this from i don't know i just listen to this stuff on my phone while i'm doing laundry and doing the dishes and stuff like that so I don't know how you guys listen to your podcast, but, you know, actually, I want to know. Let me know. How do you guys listen to your podcasts? On headphones, on your phone, your speakers, whatever. Your home theater systems, that'd be kind of cool. Although, the the thought of my voice echoing and rumbling throughout the foundations of your homes is kind of scary. It might not be scary in terms of screaming-wise, but whatever. My voice is uh, a little bit frail these days. Uh, Not frail, but raw these days. Um, We've been working on this Slayer cover (laughs) pretty much day and night. I don't know why I spent this much time working on this cover, but I'm like really into that whole... uh, it, It has to be perfect because it's a tribute for Slayer kind of thing. And uh, as a metalhead, I should probably take it easy. <laughs> People really don't care that much about, you know, all the little intricacies that go into a recording, I guess, considering most of the stuff that's recorded these days is, uh, you know, MIDI tracked or, you know, using plugins and whatnot. So I should really get that cover out to you guys um, sometime soon. You guys will obviously hear about it if you subscribe to the podcast and whatnot. So, speaking of the podcast, um, yeah, the 6M podcast, still going strong. I need you guys, I need, need, need you guys to uh, rate the podcast. And, of course, if you're listening to this, subscribe to the podcast. This is like hanging out with me every week. How awesome does that sound? It does not sound awesome at all. But, you know, for those of you listening for the first time, this podcast is a, it's a weird one, considering, um, you know, I talk about music industry stuff, metal stuff, pop culture shit, a little bit of politics, occult stuff. Uh, I try and teach you guys one or two things here and there. And of course, we always got killer bands and killer music, and I got a great uh, featured band today, but we'll get to that after uh, some announcements. So yeah, the first announcements, listen to the podcast, rate and subscribe to the podcast. 
comment on the podcast. You know, I want to know what you guys are thinking. You know, if you guys have any uh, counterpoints or, you know, gripes with anything I say, I want to hear it. You know, I won't change what I'm talking about or change who I am like most people today do because of cancel culture. Um, I'm just going to stick to my guns and do what I do and, you know, keep the tradition alive here. But of course, since you're a guest to the manor, I want to know your thoughts. I want to know, should we turn up the heat or should we cool it down? You want to play a little? Or you just want to consume. And I can keep going with these uh, comparisons, but I'm just going to stop while I'm ahead. But yeah, um, listen to it on Spotify. Listen to it on Google, whatever. I don't know. Do it, Do what thou wilt in terms of the podcast. And now we usually do some homemade ads because we do not have a sponsor for this show yet. I would love to have some sponsors or some little plugs here and there, but we're not there yet. So we get a little bit of homemade ads for you guys. And for the first time listeners, you might not know that I'm the singer guitarist of the rock group Serpents US. And I have to add the US because it's a very common name, apparently. Who knew? But uh, yeah, I'm the singer, guitarist, whatever the fuck you want to call it, for Serpents US. Um, symphonic, black and death metal, deathcore, metal, punk rock, alternative metal. I don't know. I could keep going. Doom metal. <laughs> um, check it out if you like metal and a little bit of melody. Um, big, big news if you guys have missed it. I don't know why you missed it, especially if you're listening to this, but, uh, you know, uh, the, this month marks 10 years of serpents, uh, or serpents inception. So, you know, for the past 10 years or well, seven, I think, because born of Ishtar was our first album that came out in 2013. And since then I've been getting messages after 2014 and up. Uh, from people that are buying, you know, the CDs of Born of Ishtar from like eBay, fucking forums, uh, trade groups. And they're, you know, asking me, you know, uh, are you going to reprint this album? Are you going to do anything with this or whatever? Are we just shit out of luck? And for the past, whatever, however many years, I've been saying you're shit out of luck because I never want to print that album again. The same thing goes for Pestilence. I'm never going to print that again, and I only have a handful left. And I've got a lot of Temet No Say left, so either way, none of them are getting printed again, except, except, drum roll, we have Born of Ishtar Reimagined coming out on vinyl, um, black 12-inch vinyl. It's reimagined because it has different artwork and a different um, track list in, in, in terms of order. And, um, you know, I even got rid of some songs and uh, kind of packaged this as, like, how I see Born of Ishtar today 
if that makes any sense to you guys. I don't know. But it's basically like the album I want it to be versus what it was without like doing any re-recording, remastering, anything like that. So I know a lot of people really dug that album and, you know, the forums and ebayers and all this stuff uh, speak for themselves so i said fuck it we're doing a pre-order right now for the vinyl uh reimagining i'm hoping to get these done in march i need a hell of a lot more pre-orders uh in order to get this done um i got my fingers crossed right now and again, for those of you listening for the first time, Serpents is a completely DIY unit for now. Everything that comes in gets turned around into goodies for you guys. And it, I just try and keep the keep the dream alive here, you know? It's an artistic movement more than a band. It's a band, but it's more of a movement in terms of trying to keep the art uh, alive and well in the music industry today where it's not very much yeah bummer <laughs> um another thing uh we have a oh you can get the vinyl at we are serpents.bandcamp.com you can get it there and uh for those of you who don't know i usually upkeep a spotify playlist uh called serpent society Highly recommend you guys checking us out on Spotify at Serpents US. Upon going there, you will find the Serpent Society playlist. I highly recommend, one, following us on Spotify. That is huge, huge, huge. If you're not, if you're not following us on Spotify, uh, you're not helping us out at all. So be sure to follow and then check out that playlist. I've got a lot of really killer you know, up-and-coming bands mixed with some well-known bands that, you know, are, I, I feel f- safe enough to call them friends of mine, hence why they're on the playlist. They're part of the Serpent Society, so to speak. So give that playlist a listen and support all of those bands. Um, they're all hardworking. They all fucking make killer tunes. And... um a pleasure to speak with so be sure to give that playlist a spin also um i don't know if you guys saw i was actually a guest recently on the nothings for no one podcast um that if you guys don't know that's another metal based podcast uh out there that features um bill fay and uh some of you guys in Chicago already know who that is, you know, or not even just Chicago. Dude is like a touring tech, I think. You know, he plays in Something Is Waiting. Uh, he owns his own, like, amp or cabinet building company, case building company, WTF Customs. Check them out. And also Jason Nitz from Warforged and Roman Ring and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, killer drummer, killer dude. Both of them together. They have a podcast called Nothing's For No One, and I did a episode uh, last week, and it just came out this week, so when you're done listening to this podcast, you need a little bit more Andrew McHale, but in a more conversational uh, element, highly, highly, highly recommend checking out that podcast, because I do 
you know, again, I try and ask you guys for questions, 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 or recommendations or whatever. And, you know, the only reason I really ask that is because number one, you know, you guys have questions and I really was hesitant in the past to answer them like in depth, but, um, yeah, it's, I basically, it's a conversation starter and, uh, you get to really see what I can do, so to speak on the nothings for no one podcast. And, uh, it's a really fun conversation. We talk about a whole bunch of shit. So check that out. Maybe that'll be a little bit more appealing uh, for you guys rather than me talking to myself and being weird and crazy. But uh, that's it for Serpent's ads. Uh, Other than that, please follow the band on Facebook at We Are Serpents, Instagram at Serpent's Metal, Twitter at We Are Serpents, uh, our CDs, our merch, our tarot cards are available at weareserpents.bandcamp.com and that's along with, you know, downloads and whatnot. And follow us on Spotify, listen to the tunes on Spotify at Serpents US. And if you're just overwhelmed, just head over to the official site and everything should be there. So at weareserpents.com That's weareserpents.com also a site designed by me, so it's not the most beautiful site, but it does the job. So I hope you guys enjoy that, and um, I hope you guys are enjoying what I'm pumping out lately as far as all this content. But uh, also, you know, just to jump into the podcast and get into the conversation, week's been kind of crazy, been playing catch-up uh, you know, not only in the podcast realm, but also serpents and, you know, life shit. You know, we're, uh, we got a new music video coming out soon for The Lust of the Lawless. We shot it in October, unfortunately. when We had a uh, previous member in the band. And, uh, you know, we have uh, Jake with us now. Wow, I'm saying uh, a lot right now. Sorry. Uh, we got Jake from Lividity uh, playing bass with us right now. Couldn't be happier with the lineup. You know, I got John King, Miles Elgood, uh, Jake Laniers, Laniers, I don't know, Jake L. <laughs> Jake the Snake, how about that? How you doing, Jake? I know you're listening to this. Um, yeah, I couldn't be happier, but unfortunately, you know, couldn't have Jake in the video so, you know, we've been doing a lot of editing, a lot of trying to f- fix a few things that uh, we overlooked on the day of shooting. So for those for those of you that are waiting for that video, I know you're probably not waiting for it, but for those of you that are waiting to see serpents in a active setting, uh, for those of you that haven't seen us live, uh, the video is coming soon. I'm really excited about it. It's... I don't I don't think I've done a performance video since uh since the defiler Lazarus sign slash hollow bastion videos 
I don't know if you guys even saw that, but it, for those of you that don't know, you know, I played guitar in the band Defiler for a little bit, and um, you know, we shot a video for these two singles, and we did it in one one video. And if you watch it on YouTube, you will see it's two songs, not just one long song. But that was the last uh, performance video I did. We, uh, you want, you guys want a story? How about a story? Let's tell a story about that day. Um, it was actually like uh, two few years ago, around this time, and that was when I think, yeah, okay, so I have, I had flown into the Bay Area of California to start rehearsals for um, Soundwave Festival, and for those of you that don't know, Soundwave Festival was a massive massive uh, music festival or metal rock punk festival in Australia. And it, it was like five, four, it was like four to six shows. I don't remember, but each show like is spread out across the country. So you're hitting all the major cities. So each between each show, you're just kind of stuck at the hotel waiting for whatever day to come. But, you know, as soon as you get off stage, if you don't have like signings to do, which we had signings to do every day. Sorry, I'm scatterbrained because there's so much I could talk about when it comes to this. But basically, um, let me, let me retrace my steps a little bit back up a little bit. <laughs> I'm getting too excited. So, you know, we got to we got to start rehearsals for this and uh Jake, the singer of Defiler, the brainchild of Defiler. You know, he does a lot of video stuff on his own or he's always you know out and about shooting shit. And I mean, this is like a while ago, so I don't know what he's doing now. I think Jake's just working out and listening to my podcast, obviously. <laughs> um you know, I had to fly in and you know, as I was, well, I don't think it was as I was flying in, but I think like the week of, of my flight, Jake, you know, hit me up and was like, Hey, we have to shoot a video, um, for these singles because, uh, you know, we got to get some material out there to help supplement, you know, the Soundwave Festival and, uh, Japan tours, which we did like one after the other, just with a little bit of time in between. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'll learn the songs because Jake recorded those songs. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll learn them and we'll do a video. And, and the last video I did before that was like, was the District of Misery video, which was like, you know, that the, when we shot District of Misery, that was actually my first time flying ever and you know i had to fly from chicago to california and you know we had uh we had you know showrunners so they're driving us around to from the uh hotel airport stuff like that we had catering breakfast lunch dinner we had a full crew there was a set had all this shit and uh you know i had my fun as well after hours but you know, 
other than that, you know, we had the mandatory sacrifice video, which some of you already know is a live video from our, one of the first times, oh, actually, it was the first time we ever played in Canada. That was the mandatory sacrifice uh, video that some of you may be already well aware of. So that's a kind of fun fact, is that was the first time I've ever played Canada. And um, so, yeah, coming into this video, I was like, uh, all right, I'll learn the song and then we'll fly in. When are we shooting? Jake hits me with the, oh, we're shooting this day. I was like, oh, the day I fly in? Weird. Okay, like what time? It's basically like Jake set it up so as soon as I touch down, get picked up, I'm heading to the video shoot. And being a professional, you know, being a professional axe man, I'm like, all right, this is the gig. This is what I got to do. All right, I got to suck it up. And, uh, you know, I didn't eat anything all day because I couldn't afford to eat. You know, I'm sitting there drinking all the free pop and eating all the plain, uh, all the plain food, I think is like, probably like, well, it wasn't nuts, but whatever. You know, they, they stopped fucking serving nuts on uh, planes because people are dying out there. So I remember I was like, oh God, thank, thanks, thank fuck. I have some food. And uh, I remember as I was getting off the plane, I talked to the uh, flight attendants. I was like, hey, you know, what are you guys going to do with all this food? Like, because they had those trays and shit, like in the back. Because, of course, I got a, my seat was all the way in the back of the plane. <laughs> thanks, thanks, music industry. But I was like, uh, what are you guys doing with all these trays? Honestly. And they're like, oh, they're going to do this and blah, 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 and repurpose them for, I was like, but if you guys lose a couple of these, it's not a big deal, right? And they're like, well, why, what are, what are you, you know, basically they're like, what are you getting? And I was like, let me get some of these trays. And they're like, take them. So I lived off of like a couple airplane, uh, you know, uh, deli meat trays with crackers or it was like an airplane lunchable there you go so i'm living off this and uh you know heading over to the video shoot i'm pretty much on an empty stomach and then jake takes me to this like shack i think they call it the shack and it's it's basically behind a liquor store like a friend's liquor store there's a kind of I don't know what you would call it, like a storage area, right? It's a little bit below ground, but not below ground. It's like half and half. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, we end up shooting those videos or one of those videos and uh, just getting super, super, super drunk. You can see me downing. Um, you can see me downing a bottle of Jack Daniels pretty much throughout the whole video. And that was my bottle because that was one of my stipulations is like, well, I got to get something out of this. So give me a bottle. And they're like, all right. Cause obviously we're connected to a liquor store. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you could see me downing that, uh, pretty much the whole video. <laughs> and I remember the night ending where I was just pale and gray because obviously I didn't eat anything 
we we ended up going to get burritos at like two in the morning and i was we i was staying at um our bass player joey's uh parents house because he stayed like in like an apartment or stays in an apartment uh attached to the house so i'm like all right i'll take the guest room and i'll hang with your parents and uh fucking as soon as i get to the house uh i just projectile vomit just everywhere and i don't i don't throw up when i drink i do now because like i do diets i do like fucking shitty diets like keto and stuff like that so i now i do but back then you know i had a fucking iron gut so i was like what the hell and i just remember joey's dad coming into the room like oh buddy all right i got this i'm like no 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 no. i got let me help because dude it was bad it was burrito chunks everywhere i was like i got this i got this and he wouldn't let me clean it so that night ended horribly and that was the backstory behind the Lazarus sign hollow bastion story how cool is that <laughs> i don't even know what my point was i think it was just talking about the craziness of shooting a video and that was the last time i shot a video this time was a lot different i was well caffeinated not drunk well i think i took an adderall yeah i took an adderall during the shooting of uh the lust of the lawless video so you can see what i look like when i'm on adderall or pretty much anytime you see me on stage i'm usually on either adderall or fucking I take Kratom now, um, thanks to my good friend Adam T from the band Thieves and also of Bovice, the Chicago hardcore band that just put out that killer new EP with Hurt Piece. I'm not big on like the down tempo, whatever, like quote unquote beat down um, music that's out there and prevalent today, but Bovice is like, weird where it's like a hybrid of like everything i like about you know just all of those different genres like the beat down aspect but it has like thrash aspects and it's just i don't know man and even like some evil sounding shit so you know he uh him along with our guitarist and bass player miles and jake uh you know they all convinced me to switch over to kratom and uh that's when I got the idea for a podcast is when I was on Kratom. I was like, oh, this is really good. So anybody out there who struggles with like Adderall or even like opiates, like the hardcore shit, if you guys haven't already, and I'm sure you all have heard of Kratom, but I would say look into that shit because it's it's done wonders for me. And I wouldn't have been on that shit if it wasn't for, you know, those guys opening the doors to my mind right but yeah you know we do we do, we're doing the video shit i've been recording the slayer cover it's taken forever you know trying to maintain sanity it's fucking winter it's cold as shit you know we got some problems with the house right now some plumbing issues i think it's probably because the pipes are frozen but that's fun and that's actually what we have to uh 
fix as soon as I get off this podcast, so maybe today will be a long one. I think that's a good idea. Nah, I won't do that to you guys, but... Yeah, fucking winter, put on that winter weight. How many How many of you guys out there are suffering like me? <laughs> Where you're like, well, I got nothing to do, nowhere to go, no one to see, so I'm just going to fucking hammer hammer out these these donuts and these uh, sweets real quick. And that shit does catch up. It's caught up to my ass real nice, which sucks because uh, spring is coming, at least I hope. And uh, usually, usually spring and onward means it's time for my ass to start gigging again. So now I'm like scrambling to find new workouts because... As I stated before, you know, when I was on keto, I lost a shitload of weight, like a shitload of weight. And uh, it was cool. Like I, all the lyrics on Temet Nose, fun fact, are um, lyrics I wrote while on keto. And um, along with other substances, but I was doing all of these things while on keto and I the clarity and focus that I had during that writing process was fucking phenomenal. But my body, I mean, again, comment if you guys have any opposing views, but my body went to shit. Like I lost a lot of weight, but I became like frail almost for a while. And it was up until, you know, our our bass player, Jake was like, yo dude, you gotta, you gotta start lifting again. So I've been doing that and then also at the same time eating a bunch of junk food. So I'm like, fuck, I got to figure something else out because I can't do keto and I'm on that South Beach diet right now. Well, loosely, last night we had sushi with uh, the Pied Piper of Crete, Al Slager and his lady and uh, definitely broke the diet there, but. I'm curious, what what do you guys do? What are you what are you guys doing? A lot of you guys are nice, beautiful, good looking people, and I want to know what are you guys doing? You know, I I have found that I'm an endomorph, and as you may already know, I am full blooded Middle Eastern. So, you know, everybody's telling me try the Mediterranean diet, and I'm like, yeah, but that's like all fish and chicken, dude. I don't want to do that. I like I like my red meat, which is my downfall, unfortunately, because every every diet's like avoid red meat. But then you have Joe Rogan's like boasting, oh, I did thirty days of meat only, and I felt great, and I'm like, God damn it! Why does that just feel like cancer? Like, I just feel like that's just like cancer buildup, just like how I felt like in keto. If for any of you guys that don't know what keto is, it's like you have to starve yourself of like sugars and carbs. So your max carbs for the day is 20. Like if you do it just basic and like, honestly, after keto, like I, I, I realize how many carbs are just like in a grapefruit, like one grapefruit is literally like over your limit in like carbs for um carbs for the day on keto but like south beach like 
it's a little bit looser. Like it changes over time. There's like levels, but everybody's telling me, try the, try the Mediterranean diet. You're Middle Eastern. And I'm like, yo, that's like Greek in Italy and all this stuff, like Mediterranean, like not Middle Eastern. Middle Easterners, like, well, at least my, my tribe, you know, are, we, we fucking have like sweets for breakfast along with breakfast, along with like, you know, like it's a huge meal and like everything's like fucking rice based pretty much. So it's like, fuck, I can't eat that obviously, but everyone's like, Oh, try a diet. That's like, that comes with your bloodline. I'm like, my people just fucking ate like trash (laughs) carcasses and like starch, like, and tomato sauce for sure. But I don't know. Shit is fucking crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for ideas. Anybody have any ideas? I do yoga. I do work out. Um, you know, I do cardio. I do like lifting now. Now that Jake was like, yo, you suck. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I do suck right now. Need to get stronger again. So now I'm doing weightlifting along with like uh, high interval training. Those of you who don't know, that's like, I don't know, blasting your heart rate and then like letting it chill just a little bit, blasting it, letting it chill, blasting it, letting it chill. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure all of you guys know what that is, but. I remember they made us do that in fucking elementary school. It was like circuit training or uh, I forgot what it was called. It was like the worst thing ever, especially for my fat ass. So many rashes, so many chafed inner legs. (laughs) But, um, you know, along with that, you know, along with trying to like kick up the spring and get serpents back out on the stage which is the hardest fucking thing ever right now, considering, you know, everybody needs an agent or a manager at the moment. And if you don't, you're pretty much dog shit to, you know, club owners or uh, talent buyers or whatever. Everyone just thinks you're just dog shit if you don't have a fucking team, which I understand to some extent, but if you want to have a team, you obviously need to play. And if you don't play, a manager can't see you. And then a manager can't get an agent for you. And if you can't get an agent, then you can't play. Do you see what I'm saying? But, uh, you know what? All that kicking up, like I put my car for sale. How, how many of you guys have put your fucking cars for sale on like Facebook or Craigslist and just get bombarded with not only bullshitters and time wasters, you know, is this available? How many miles are in it? Uh, it's listed. Yeah. But how many of those miles are highway miles? Well, uh, I can estimate this, 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 And the tires are made of, I'm like, okay, motherfucker, are you interested or not interested? And then they just disappear. Like, I'll answer all their questions, and then they'll just disappear, of course. But um, also, like, on Craigslist, you know, I'm getting hit up, hit up, hit up. 
and uh, everybody's asking me for um, information. You know, is this still available? I'm like, yeah, 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 it's still listed. And then the new thing I'm seeing, and I don't know if you guys have seen this too, but have you guys heard of this? Like, what these scammers now, obviously, never take a PayPal payment, never take, you know, a check from somebody or, you know, uh, I'm out of the country, but I will send someone to you to pick this up or, uh, Keep in mind, these are actual things I'm still getting. Like, I'm still getting the old school fucking Nigerian prince is going to send you this. I'm like, really, dude? Wow. But the new one I'm hearing about, and it's new for me, might not be new for you, but these motherfuckers, these scammers are hitting you up for $20, whatever, 15 20 10 bucks at a time how you might ask is they're asking you for reports for the car like a carfax report right so you're sitting there going it's a used car like you want the car report uh okay so i was like i'll put the vin number out there so i have the vin number out there and uh, I'm still getting all of these messages like, oh, can you get a car report for this? Uh, you And I'm like, I don't have that capability. You can do it if you'd like. The VIN is on the posting. And like, yeah, but uh, if you can use this site, they do really good car reports. And it's da 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 And I'm like looking at them like, and a bunch of these guys are sending me all of these car report sites. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is everyone all of a sudden asking for a car report? The scam is those sites are somewhat connected to these people and they're just trying to pretty much rob you at, for 20 bucks at a time. So if you think about how many people on Craigslist they're hitting up and how many people probably um, you know, go to the site and they're like, well, you know, I'll give you a report. And then they get scammed 20 bucks and then I get scammed 20 bucks and this guy gets scammed 20 bucks and this guy, it's like, man, these motherfuckers are making money, like crooked money, but they're making fucking money. And I texted, uh, or I messaged the dude back and I was like, Hey, uh, Hey buddy. Apparently, uh, that site that you've recommended to me and you guys can use this too. Um, I was like, hey, that site you recommended to me isn't listed on the, what was it called? The um, National Motor Vehicle Title System. How about that? My exact message was, how about, listen to this, and you guys can use this too. I was like, that site isn't approved isn't an approved reporting site per the National Motor Vehicle Title System, so I won't be doing that. Again, if you'd like, if you can plug the VIN on any site you'd like and get the report there. I was like, the car is a great car, but if not having a report is a problem, then I'm afraid we can't do this. Let me know your thoughts. Never responded. So that tells me he was trying to scam me. But I don't know, man. The fucking internet sucks. Everybody's scamming everybody. It sucks. Like... I don't know if you guys remember, um, I don't even know if I talked about it in the last podcast, but 
doing those serpents, long sleeves and hoodies, I got scammed by a, um, by clothing or apparel company. Cause I was just trying to buy the clothes outright and get them, you know, made. And I got scammed like hundreds and hundreds of dollars out of that. So now my, you know, I'm like, that was the first time that's ever happened to me. Cause I've been pretty good. You know, I grew up online guys. I grew up on the internet. Like I was, I was during the time where we didn't have internet and then we got internet. So I was like right in the between. And while I'm watching like all my elders, like getting scammed or like getting viruses left and right. And granted, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, I still had some sort of like know-how, you know, like, uh, some sort of instinct, like, oh, this is fake or this looks jacked or whatever. And I'm like, wow, they, it's getting more and more just blatant these days. Like I got scammed by a fucking clothing company. Like that clothing company and you guys, again, another tip. Um, there was a report like recently in Chicago where somebody got scammed uh, using some service at the top of Google sponsored ads. So you know, when you type in a search on Google at the very top, like you'll have a sponsored link and like you'll have the listings below. You know, I never, I never went to the sponsored links ever because I always knew those to be ads. And then now I'm a business owner. I'm like, oh, cool. Now I got to fucking do these ads. So people probably see my shit as like fucking, you know a fake. So I was like, well, maybe there's good in the world. Maybe not everybody is a bullshit artist. Wink, wink. Um, and I was just like, I'm a good person trying to do good work and do good things. And my shit's probably at the top when I do an ad, whatever, I'll roll with it. Even better. I'll search for it on like Reddit and see if there's any reviews, stuff like that. You know, I got mixed reviews on Reddit and stuff. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll pull the trigger. That was a scam. Like, even after I did all the fucking, even after I dove in and like read reviews and realized, I'm like, oh, this isn't a, you know, Better Business Bureau, whatever accredited thing. I was like, oh, but the people on Reddit said, you know, blah, 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 blah. I got fucked. And people trying to fuck me out of my car. And dude, even on like Tinder or Bumble, like how many of those accounts are scam accounts? Why? Why do they exist? <laughs> Can someone tell me? There's a lot of, hopefully you guys will comment on this and then there'll be like a lot of random like comments, like to each question I'm asking and whoever's just looking at these like posts are like, what the fuck are these comments about? But, uh, what the fuck is the point of those accounts? Can anyone tell me? I've tried Googling it. I've tried Redditing it, whatever. And I got some kind of answers, but what the fuck are those accounts for? They all can't be catfish accounts. They can't. There has to be some sort of like monetary gain for someone creating or some people creating these fake profiles. And I know they're fake because I have a system where I 
vet them. Does that make sense? Like anyone, anyone who's listening to this that I've been close with, that I've met on Tinder or Bumble, I guess, in the past, I don't know, probably not listening to this, but either way, um, a little tip for all of you guys listening, a lot of tips in this episode, a little tip for you guys are listening for you guys that are listening is vet them you know on bumble you have an option to you know take a picture and um all this stuff and tinder obviously you're kind of fucked because there's no like picture sending mechanism in tinder even though there was there used to be and i miss those days where tinder had like stories but um yeah, I always always ask for like a specific picture. Like that's what I do along with some other things. But the easiest thing I could tell you guys without giving too much of my little system away is get them to do a specific picture and a specific pose and make them do it immediately. And um, not everybody's a scammer. You know, some people will be like, what are you talking about? Or they'll be like, that's weird. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. And then just make it known that the world is a fucked up place and people are getting put into trunks left and right and you want to make sure you are who you say you are and uh, whatever. And usually you'll get what you want in terms of that. You know, what happens on the date or, uh, you know, on the gathering. That's strictly up to you guys. But, um, yeah, scammers in the cars, scammers and fucking trying to get a good threesome going. And then like Valentine's day was two days ago. That's the biggest scam. I'm just kidding. Everybody says that though, right? Everybody's always like, Oh, Valentine's day is such a fucking scam. Why is it a scam? Why? Why? I don't know. I, I just, I've always looked at Valentine's Day as like a, a, well, as a fat boy all of my life, I will say that Valentine's Day was always my way of trying to fucking tell the girls that I liked, that I liked them like that. <laughs> and it was always like, oh, this is so cute. Thank you. And I'm, I'm like, yo, like, did you get it though? Did you get it? I'm trying to hold your hand, man. But they never got it. Well, some did, maybe. I don't know. Let me know in the comments if you ever got... No, I'm just kidding. But everybody's always bitching about Valentine's Day. I'm like, yo, if there's no Valentine's Day, then on February 15th, all that good candy and merchandise won't be on sale. Duh. That's how you stock up for Easter, man. You just take all those Valentine's Day candies or buy a bunch of Valentine's Day candies and put them in baskets for Easter for all the kids. Life hack. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Or you could just eat all the candy for yourself the day after Valentine's Day because you're so fucking sad from being alone. I've been there. There's no shame in the game. I'm Valentine's Day was like not a big day for me or anything like that, but it is a day. 
And especially like if you're in a relationship, that's just another excuse to just show that you care for the person you're with? Question mark. Uh, why does that have to be a scam? Why do you, like, why is it such a hassle to show that you love somebody like more than, let's see, um, your anniversary, so one, uh, birthday, two, Christmas or whatever, holiday, three, um, what else do you get gifts for? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think there's only three, three big ones. Yeah. Anniversary, Christmas or whatever, and a birthday. So it's like, oh, and sweetest day. Sweetest day can go fuck itself. But as far as showing your love and emotion and support on sweetest day, that's another thing. You could still do it. You can, you can still do it, guys. And girls, don't be an asshole. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I think you should do it more. I should do it more. I mean, I'm so busy, literally seven days a week from morning to dinner time. Pretty much, I'm busy doing this shit. So it gives me an excuse to fucking put time aside and be like, all right. It's Valentine's Day. Got to get the, got to get the lady some goodies. What'd you guys get for Valentine's Day? I got some chocolate and one of my favorite colognes. And yeah, I wear cologne. It's come to my attention that on like Joe Rogan, all of a sudden he's starting to dog on people that wear cologne. And for those of you that like know me already know that I love cologne and I love like, like my lady will like bust out a new scent or a new perfume or something. And she'll, she knows that like, I love, I love like digesting or like dissecting like a, a fragrance, <laughs> even if it's a bad smell. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Cologne, uh, I got I got this good amber cologne. I love cologne. I I, I want to do like a I want to do like a show where I where I dissect colognes and talk about the notes. You know, basically like how beer people taste beer. You know, there's like oh, there's a grapefruit aroma with a you know grass or whatever. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, but. Yeah, I got a cologne. I got her some gifts too. We, uh, I, f I fudged up, guys. I fudged up. So, we, we, we decided to stay in and watch a movie instead of going out and dealing with the despair that is the Valentine's Day dinner rush. Or trying to go out to anywhere that you didn't make reservations to on Valentine's Day. It's literally the worst. Being a server, you know, I was a server for a few places, whatever. It was probably one of the more miserable nights I would have in the year when I'd have to do the Valentine's Day dinner reservations. Lucrative, but miserable. Just seeing all the couples just fucking 
feigning or wait, seeing all the couples just pretending to be into each other. <laughs> Not saying that that would be us at all. Like you can literally drop ship my lady and I anywhere in the world and we could still have a good time and have like conversations for the for the whole time you know even like while watching tv or movies we're still like chatting and just making jokes and whatever so we don't we would rather do that than sit there at a restaurant and just fucking feel weird but maybe i'm speaking for myself maybe she's gonna listen to this and be like uh no i wanted to go out but we 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 decided to stay in and uh i fucked up the movie I picked wasn't right for the night. <laughs> Being an occultist and a avid movie lover, I was like, yo, have you ever seen The Devil's Advocate? And obviously, that's not like a super fucking like, um, aha moment, you know, as far as like occult symbolism or hidden meanings or anything like that. It's just like a good movie slash you know, give me a little bit of evil for the Valentine's Day mushy, gushy, fucking lovey-dovey shit. So it's like, I need a little evil. I need a little, I need a little hedonism. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie. I don't want to spoil it. So there's a lot of uh, hedonistic nature in the movie that I like a lot. I like a lot. I like it. I like it a lot. But uh, not a good Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> I figured that out, guys. So, pro tip. Another pro tip from this episode is don't watch The Devil's Advocate on Valentine's Day. Not a great choice. Good choice any other day of the year, but um, you're probably better off watching something like The Notebook or something like that. I don't know. I fucked up. Next year, I'll put on Blade Runner. Maybe that actually that would that might be a good one. I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments. Should we watch Blade Runner on Valentine's Day next year or what? However, I will say one of my favorite parts from the movie is something I like to actually just see in the movie is the sculpture that is behind uh, Al Pacino near the end of the movie, the one that uh, starts moving. Just because of the fact that I love that type of art and that sculpture was actually a ripoff of a Frederick Hart sculpture that's atop a cathedral, I think, in Alexandria or somewhere near Washington. I, for, I don't know where exactly it is, but like I remember even... Uh, the movie got sued by Frederick Hart and uh, back in like the 90s and um, they had to change it. So I remember, I think it was different in the theater versus like what we see now like or what you might have seen on TV or cable. But I remember seeing it in the theater and being blown away by that uh, sculpture and then obviously later on in my travels and my um, 
divings into the esoteric, I stumbled across that sculpture mainly because the title of the sculpture is Ex Nihilo or Ex Nihilo. So that's E-X-N-I-H-I-L-O. That's the title of the sculpture. If you guys want to check that out or you can look at it on my socials. I posted it uh, not that long ago. And um, it basically translates to out of nothing comes nothing. You know, so let's say, because whoever listens to the podcast already knows that I really don't know how to write a song, like by theory and by knowledge. So like it basically comes out of the thin air. And I mean, that's kind of the occult, um, the occultist perspective on the ex nihilo thing, because it's, it's a controversial statement, you know, it says, you know, out of nothing comes nothing. So, you know, in that sentence, I keep getting my wires crossed. So a sentence would be, you know, uh, I created the album ex nihilo. So from nothing, you know, but others can argue that, you know, my brain could be the source of the music. Obviously that's true because physically like I couldn't write the song but I honestly can't tell you how I write the songs like it just comes from nothing like from the air that's why Born of Ishtar one of the many meanings behind the title of Born of Ishtar is because at the time of doing that album like after it was done I had no idea I had no idea what had just happened where that came from, where the lyrics came from, where the music, everything, like everything. And honestly, each album is like that. Like after I'm done, I don't know where it came from. I don't remember most of it. I don't, like I don't know. But, you know, a lot of Christians or uh, even the Muslim community or like Greek philosophy. They, I mean, they all have their own interpretation of the ex nihilo um, term or uh, phrase. And they have additions to it, you know, like, um, I don't know, there's a bunch of different ones. Like it's, a, it's a Latin phrase, so obviously there's going to be sentences. But I would highly recommend checking that out. See different perspective, I guess. There's not really an occultist perspective on Ex Nilo. That's kind of why, you know, I didn't want to like dive too deep into it because it's mainly like Christian based. I don't know. I don't under I don't understand the religious aspect of it. I just love the beauty of the artwork and the title, you know, um Mr. Hart gave to it mainly because it depicts, you know, God creations, God's creation of man, basically out of a fucking vortex. So I kind of feel like that sometimes, huh? I feel like that today. You know, it's uh, Sunday. And, uh, you know, last night had the Pied Piper of Crete over him and his lady and uh, played some games, had a few drinks, saw a couple things. But the coolest thing, and I want to give him a special shout out, um, special shout out goes to my buddy Al Slager, 
Um, he managed, he surprised me with a Valentine's Day gift. Well, at least that's what we called it. I think he just wanted to give me a cool gift that I would enjoy. And I really do. And I'm really excited about it. And I'm pretty sure I was pretty buzzed yesterday to even show how excited I was about it. But, um, you know, Al got me some of the remnants and the charred remains from the Boleskine house. And for those of you that don't know the Boleskine house, I would highly recommend researching the, how do I say this? The, uh, I don't know how you, I don't know how people would say paranormal. Ooh, paranormal maybe is the word. I don't know. Basically it was Aleister Crowley's house or Crowley or Crowley. Um, the founder of, well, I'm, if you don't know who Aleister Crowley is, I would say stop listening to this podcast and get on that Google and find out. Um, also a great author, a great poet, and uh, it's an absolute honor and a privilege to now own and uh, an authenticated uh, remains or rubble of... Um, the charred remains of the house as it stands today. So I believe there's a Boleskine house foundation and, um, you know, they'll hook you up with some of the remains in exchange for some, you know, funds to help rebuild the Boleskine house, uh, since there was a fire. And, uh, yeah, if you guys want uh, a piece of history or a piece of occult history and something that could potentially um, harness some sort of energy or power or something like that, then get on it. But uh, super, super just honored that uh, I have that now thanks to my buddy Al, so... Other than that, we played Mario Kart. I lost my ass in Mario Kart. I, I don't play video games, as I said before. I wish I could play more video games. I would love to play video games. But, uh, yeah, that was real fun. Then we played a bowling game. And now I'm just giving you guys a synopsis of my evening last night. But either way, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little all over the place today, if you know what I mean, folks. So... Like I said earlier, or if I didn't say earlier, I have, uh, you know, some plumbing to fix. So I'm going to end this podcast as far as the chat section goes. And we're going to go straight into a question. A question comes in from Instagram today from Mr. Benjamin Woodward. At water rotted at the instagrams.com so fan questions or person questions or i don't know questions okay so i guess i'll read this whole thing because it'll kind of coincide with what i spoke about earlier uh i have an odd question it's not important or rush at all well it's important because you asked me right and any questions an important question, folks. 
But uh, as a follow-up to the conversation you had on Nothing's For No One, see, it was that podcast I was telling you about earlier. Um, I buy a lot of merch, music, etc. God bless you, buddy. I We need it. So more of that from a lot more of you. Uh, half for my own enjoyment, half to support the band. That part is huge for me. I know it's a huge help just wearing the band's name, spreading the word, but financially, I'd like to know what method benefits the bands most. I know you've been paying attention to Spotify and shit lately. I use Apple Music. Should I switch over just from a support standpoint? Should merch be bought directly from bands opposed to the labels? Again, I know this odd question, but I've been struggling with figuring out who or where to ask, and I feel you're probably well-educated since you've been running this shit on your own for so long. Hell yeah, thank you for that. Also, thanks for a decade of tunes. Uh, Actually, it's more than a decade, but I got you. No, I'm kidding. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for listening to a decade of tunes. And yeah, there is more out there if you want more. Hopefully, we'll do a decades of tunes. How about that? But, uh, so as you guys know, it's a little bit of a big question, a lot of parts here. So he says, I'd like to know what method benefits the bands the most. I know you've been playing attention to Spotify and shit. I use Apple Music. Honestly, I wouldn't know as far as like. So here's the deal: each band, okay, has now. If we're talking signed bands, if we're talking signed bands, this is what I'll kind of paint the picture. Each band has their own um, breakdowns as far as what their contracts are, right? Like you, obviously we don't know we, the public don't know, you know, what band signed, what kind of contract. So perfect example, big thing happening, you know, nowadays because labels are scrambling and, you know, for good reason, uh, everybody's trying to do, you know, 360 deals. So what 360 deals means is that if they get a, I'm not even going to explain it. They get a piece of everything. How about that? You know, um, other kind of deals, you can kind of work that out of the contract. You can work whatever, you know. Like I said, it varies from band to band. Now, if we're talking unsigned bands, um, you know, like Serpents, like I release all of Serpents stuff via my little label, you know, True Media Music. And... um I have an eye on everything and I know where our expenditures are happening. I know where we're, you know, losing, where we're making a little bit of more of a profit on whatever. And, um, financially for me, what method benefits us the most is buying direct, you know, straightforward, straight to us. Um, you know, that's why I have, um, you know, the merch store, the band camp, and even then, like Bandcamp takes a cut from it. And uh, then you start talking about, let's say, signed bands. So you might say, oh, well, if I buy directly from the signed band, then they should see that money. Now, in a perfect world, that'd be perfect. But let's say they have that 360 deal, or let's say they have a manager that, you know, they have 
in the in their manager's agreement like the manager gets merch money like kickback for merch and kickback for everything so that's another expenditure if if we're talking about a sign ban so not only do they have to pay the manager they have to pay the sorry my mic is dropping here they have to pay the manager they have to pay the um you know the merch printers and all that stuff some of them you know, a lot of these bands with a lot of merch, they basically just open a tab and they chip away at their debt as it goes on. So even then, like, they might already be in the hole. But then you think, okay, sign band, well, if I buy off this site or this site, they're going to take a cut from it or they're going to take it from the 360 deal or... The manager's going to take a cut either way. And then you think live. Oh, live has to be the, the all, be all, end all. Like everybody, everybody gets the money like in person, right? Wrong. Because not only is it hard enough for musicians to make a living or make any sort of money, not even a living, uh, to get to the next show. Um, to make it harder, uh, venues also demand some venues, I'm sorry, some venues also, uh, not only give you as an option, they don't give you the option to do this, but they demand a merch cut. Okay. So they get a cut of your merch. Nope. Let me back this up. This is a broad subject, and I hope all the people that aren't in bands, you know, um, I hope this is still beneficial for you. But let's say a band is playing live, and they have a 360 deal, and uh, they're in debt for their merch, and they have a manager, and uh, you're at a venue, and at the venue, you're fucked there is no conversation. There is a, hey, we take a, this amount of merch cut. So they get a percentage of your merch sales. And to further um, solidify their position, they will physically count you in. So they will count your merch items in and out at the beginning and the end of the evening to make sure that you don't fuck them out of the... Uh, big bucks they're missing out on <laughs> to make sure that you don't fuck them. That's cute, right? Um, so let's say we're in that situation. You buy it, you buy a shirt. Okay. The club gets, uh, you know, three to whatever percent, right? That's in a nice world. Sometimes it's 10% even, even more. So they, the club already takes that out of their, 20 bucks, right? $20 shirt. Now, if it's a responsible band, they go, okay, 20 bucks minus this. And then we have to minus a set amount each night for paying off our debt and making the merch. So you take out your merch cut, you take out the debt uh, budget, or your payment. And then you, you, you tally up the numbers for the night. Obviously, since you already got the merch cut. 
and your manager and your agent and anyone else, the label, whoever, they want a weekly or a nightly report on what was sold, how much did you sell here, blah, 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 blah. And then if you're, if you do have a manager, like I said, you're paying the manager, so he gets a cut. And then, so you pay, who do we have so far? The uh, venue, the merch company, the manager. Oh, and then the label takes their percentage because it's a 360 deal, which is common. So that's more people. And then whatever's left, uh, that's your profit for the night. And a lot of it, um, if you're not selling very well, like if you're not selling a lot of merch, then that is not very good for you because most likely you're not making a good, uh, you're not making good money. I mean, I'm trying to keep this like normal, um, terms for everyone that's not like a touring musician, but basically like, um, you know, after, um, all is said and done you're not left with much and merch is pretty much the meat and potatoes of any band's livelihood so it's like if you're not selling good merch not only are you stuck with like all this merch but uh you're not able to live <laughs> like uh, you can pay off your debts and whatnot and like oh perfect example like Let's say the other scenario, like a Serpents, comes in, right? We don't have a manager at the moment, which is fine. Like, I'm okay with taking... I'm okay with taking cuts because I've already paid for the merch. So pretty much anything past a certain point is like a profit that I could just turn around and like make more merch off of or get us to the next city and whatnot. So it's not a big deal. But for us, even like we're not paying anybody else like if we had a merch debt obviously we would take that out of our $20 you know shirt and then you get the fucking venue that's like uh we need this much because you sold whatever and then I'm like okay whatever so I'll pay the merch I'll pay the venue but you know I don't have a manager or a label to kick back to so a band like us buying direct Still better, still better. Like even if it's um, you know, not a merch cut show. Like don't be afraid. Let me let me clarify here. Let me make it very clear to you all listening. Don't be afraid to buy merch from a band in a venue. Like I'm not saying you know be try and be so like proactive that you're actually hurting the bands, <laughs> but uh. You know, don't fucking wait and then wait outside. Be like, yo, can I get that shirt now? <laughs> um, that that would not be a good idea. And the merch person would probably hate you for that. Amongst other things. Merch people are real fickle, aren't they? But um, in that situation, yeah, like your best bet is to buy directly from the band versus online. Because bands like Serpents or even sign bands, like sometimes they do free shipping and stuff like that. We still lose money, but... Okay, back to the other questions of this uh, segment. He says, 
I know you've been paying attention to Spotify and shit lately. I use Apple Music. Should I switch over just from a support standpoint? Again, like uh, streams, honestly, don't really do much. Um, monetarily, like obviously you get whatever check per month if you do well or every quarter. But for Serpents... It really doesn't matter, but if I were to choose one, it would be Spotify because um, not only does that look better for the band, but it also feeds the algorithm because Spotify also has an algorithm versus like Apple Music where it looks just like, I don't know, I think it's just a store. Spotify is like a social network, so... If your algorithm is shit, no one's going to end up finding your band. So in terms of switching over to a platform, I would switch over to Spotify if I were you. Just because that's what the... Unfortunately, that's what everyone in the industry is paying attention to. They just go, okay, great band. Um, first question, what are their Spotify streams? And second question, what are their YouTube views? That's all people fucking care about today. They could care less about the music. Uh, should merch be bought directly from bands opposed to the labels? Again, if you're buying it from the band directly, like, um, let's say, like a big cartel versus a, a label's website, um, it really depends. Again, it really depends on the band and their deal. Like, if you buy something from the big cartel, it's easier for the band because they're like, all right, well, I got direct, I got money direct, but now we're talking, okay, big cartel took a percentage. Now I have to ship. So you have to buy the envelopes, then drive to the post office or wherever, and then ship the merch and then cross your fingers and hope that the merch does not get lost or destroyed in the mail or versus going through a label where they go through the trouble of making the merch advertising and marketing the merch printing the merch whatever and then shipping it out to you and you know pretty much guaranteeing like if, if there's anything wrong they got your back you know whatever opposed to some there are some labels out there that are uh, dropping the ball on uh, sending out merch. But I'm looking at you. You know who you are. <laughs> um, that was inside, uh, inside info to someone who's listening. But yeah, I don't know. Like it really depends. If, if convenience is a big thing, I would say always, you know, I'm willing to take a hit for convenience like for me anyone who's buying anything is like a fucking blessing so i'm like yeah whatever if we get a manager cool bring on a fucking merch or bring on a cut oh we got a label bring on a cut like i'm fine like whatever but if a band is like really really hurting i don't know that's really it's a case-by-case -case basis but i would always just go through the labels website personally because the big cartel it's nice and it's convenient but they usually i don't know 
bands take a little bit of a hit with that one. In my opinion, I don't know. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I know like Abigail Williams is like a big cartel. And then like, you know, they have a label merch store. So it's like, I I personally try to use Big Cartel as like an exclusives store. So it's like, if I were to sell like a rare thing, I would put it on Big Cartel versus like using the True Media website, you know? And that's it for that question. And that's, I hope, I hope I answered your question. Like I, I think it's just a very broad, I think it's just a very broad uh, situation. But really depends. If they're a signed band, try and buy from them in person or on their label's website. And if they're not a signed band, try and buy from them in person or wherever they're fucking directing you to buy. So maybe that's the best answer. Listen to the band. What are they saying to you? And they're like, oh, head to our merch store, blah, 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 blah. Or they're like, head to, you know, like us, for perfect example. You know, sometimes I say head to merch now. You know, we have a store on merch now. The fucking, I love those guys. But I also have like a private store where I sell like, you know, our tour merch or, you know, exclusives and here and there. And the bigger stuff goes to merch now or like when i'm out of stock or i'm just like crazy busy i'm like hey go to merch now like i don't have time so if a band's not doing much then they can handle it and if they're very busy very busy then you're probably better off just going to wherever they're sending you but i love i love the enthusiasm by the way and trying to help out you know the bands and whatnot so Okay. I think I've I think I've talked a little too much. What do you guys think? I don't know. This is a fun podcast. It's been a while since I've just been able to just um sit and let loose. What do you guys think? Anyways, I'm just gonna stop. As always, listen, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Please, please, please. The more listeners, the more rates, the more subscribes, the more this will start to grow and probably get more entertaining and we can bring more guests, have more tunes. I've got a lot of plans. I've got a lot of plans, but all it takes is like your guys' fucking involvement. So if you guys believe in me, listen, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, feel free to do, feel free to ask any questions or if you want your band featured on the podcast, I'm starting to have a stroke, uh, um, message me on Instagram at A-N-D-R-U-C-I-V-E-R, so that's Andrusifer, or Facebook me at Andrusifer, or just my name, and I will answer your questions on whichever episode and we can talk about featuring your band. I don't charge people to do that. So it's a great opportunity for anybody who wants people to hear music. I don't know why people are being so shy, but I'm only here to help guys. I'm only here to help relax. 
Last but not least, follow all things serpents at facebook.com slash we are serpents, Twitter, we are serpents, Instagram, serpents metal, YouTube, we are serpents, Spotify, serpents US, CDs, merch, tarot cards, we are serpents.bandcamp.com, and that is also for the vinyl reissue of Born of Ishtar. 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 Or just go to weareserpents.com. Cool? Cool. As always, and I keep, fuck, I gotta stop saying that. As promised, we have a featured band for the week, and this is a band from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Scani. I think that's the name, right? Kill a killer band actually um from the Midwest called Midsummer. That's M I D S U M M E R, not like the movie Midsommar, but Midsummer. I don't know. Um it's honestly for fans of like bands like uh fans of bands like uh I like that rhyme. Balance and Composure or like um Citizen or um even like Microwave. Or even like the band Nothing. Like I really like, I got this um, song in my mail box and I'm really digging it. I don't know. It's a little bit different. You know, it's not heavy, heavy, heavy like everything we usually do. But uh, I don't know. It's a good track and I want, want you guys to check it out. All right. You can check out their new music video on YouTube. It's for this track. What track are we playing? We're playing the track called Honest by Midsummer. Okay? Okay. Um, check out the video for it on YouTube or just listen to it right now. To check out their website for videos, tour dates, merch, head to midsummerband.com. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for stopping by. Tell me, tell me that you-